0: Welcome to Disciple Making Mama, a podcast to encourage, inspire, and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world. Hello, and welcome to Disciple Making Mama, a podcast to encourage, empower, and equip you to make disciples indeed. And I hope that as we're talking about a topic today that is mentioned in every single book of the New Testament, that indeed you will be equipped to make disciples and that you will also see at what cost that comes if we do it in the New Testament way, in the Jesus way. That topic that's mentioned in every single book of the New Testament is persecution. And it's a topic that I did not grow up hearing a lot about, although I grew up in Christian circles, I grew up in the church. And it's a topic that when it was talked about was either talked about in past tense, that Yeah, back then when this or that happened, either in the times of the apostles, even or then late late in later centuries, people suffered severe persecution, or in other countries, oh, in the Muslim world, in ex-communist countries, um, yeah, everywhere, but where we lived, it seemed to um be that yeah people were were being persecuted and therefore um, it is a topic that at least in my experience was not spoken about a lot in the western church and I think very much to our detriment number one I think it should make us think if a topic is mentioned so much in the new testament and yet it is not a big part of our lives it is not a big part of our thinking of our speaking of our praying, of our, um, yeah, experience as followers of Jesus today, that should make us think, I think. And beyond that, I also think it is quite detrimental for our evangelism, actually, for the way we are making disciples. I still remember one of our last days in Japan. It was the day when we left the city that we had been living in at that stage and we were going to board the bullet train that was going to take us to Tokyo where we would fly, to fly out the next day. It was the times of Corona that we're still in and yet a big group of friends and colleagues had gathered to see us off and it was a very, very precious time for us and yeah a few people that we had baptized were there a few people that we had shared the gospel with and really walked that road road with of yeah seeing them come to faith in Jesus repent and yeah bring their lives under his lordship so it was it was joyful to be with those people it was also very very sad because we weren't sure when we were going to see them again and, yeah, so all of those emotions were there. And, of course, you're, you're still chatting a bit with everybody. And one of the ladies that we had baptized said something to me that was very, very striking. She said, Anne, thank you so much that you told me that it was going to be tough to be a Christian. If you hadn't told me that, I don't think I would be following Jesus today. And honestly, I'd even forgotten that I'd said that, which I think shows that it was just the Lord giving me those words to that lady in in that specific situation when she had just come to faith. And it was just before she got baptized. And after she mentioned it, I remembered the situation. She had been at a friend's house a Christian friend's house she had just um yeah repented turned around confessed her faith in Jesus and said I want this I want this life and I um happened to to be passing by I hugged her we were so so joyful and then I said my son it's going to be really hard to be a Christian but it's worth it don't give up and I'm so glad that I did because I think often we we want to in our evangelism paint a picture of in yeah just trying to express how incredible amazing full beautiful redemptive satisfying the life with Jesus is, and it is true. We are living with the one who has overcome death. We're living with the one who has overcome sin. We are living with the living God, and that is amazing. And we've spoken a lot about the, the amazing sides of that in the last few podcasts when we spoke about healing and deliverance, that through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, there can be physical healing for us today, that through Jesus' death and resurrection, there can be freedom from evil spirits, from demonic forces, and from the evil one himself. And those things are true, and they're amazing. But we are also still in a war. The battle is won, but it is still going on, if that makes sense. And we are still in this battle between light and darkness. And we are going to suffer in this battle Of light and darkness. So, having spoken so much about healing and deliverance, I think it is also very important to speak about suffering and persecution and to hold the two in tension because both are true. There is healing, there is freedom in Jesus. There's also suffering and persecution if we are serious followers of Jesus. Indeed, Jesus said in Matthew 5 10 to 12, mind-boggling statement of Jesus blessed are you if they persecute you if they insult you if they say all kinds of evil things against you because then you are identifying with me you're identifying with the prophets who've proclaimed since yeah the beginning of times that eventually God is going to restore this world unto him but Yeah, As I said, we are in this war of light against darkness and therefore we are going to be persecuted. And we're going to be persecuted for the sake of Jesus. That's also very, very important. Um, Not for conservative politics, not for Western ideals that we might hold dear, that we might be very convinced of and convicted of but yeah suffering for those things is not the same as suffering for jesus and i think especially in western christian circles especially now as um, there are many uh, more liberal uh, governments around the world i think let's just be very careful of what we um what we see ourselves persecuted for, let's let's make sure that if we are persecuted, we are persecuted for Jesus's sake, not for some some other value that might be very good and very right, but yeah, Jesus is very specifically saying here, um, blessed are you if you're persecuted for my sake. In Matthew 10, the verses six uh, 16 to 25. Jesus also speaks about persecution. He's speaking to his disciples who he's about to send out on their amazing mission of going out, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is near, going out, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, and proclaiming the good news. And Jesus says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Now, what we have to realize is that this is still true. Jesus is still sending us out as sheep among wolves. That is who we are when we are witnesses for jesus we're like sheep we have a good shepherd but we are also very vulnerable to the wolves and yeah as i said jesus is, is still sending us into these situations jesus as we've said previously those commands of jesus to go out to proclaim the kingdom of god to heal the sick to cast our demons and to share the good news Those commands are still applicable to us today and therefore that description of being sheep among wolves is also applicable for us today. And I think it's very remarkable that that description of being sheep among wolves is describing witnessing situations, being witnesses for Jesus, bringing light into the darkness and in that sense being warriors in that war of light against darkness and that is a very tough place to be in to be a light bringer into the darkness when the darkness is still trying to overcome the light and if we look at the new testament if we look at church history and if we look at just the current Christian world around us, it is striking that there is a correlation between witnessing and persecution. Often, as witnessing increases, persecution also increases. And that is something that we must simply be aware of. That is something that Jesus told us would happen. That is something that we've seen again and again in the bible and in church history and around the world happening and it's nothing that we should be afraid of it's nothing that we should think that things are wrong if we witness and there is persecution in most countries today Actually, there, there are actually very few countries today where you are not allowed to be a Christian. If you were, for example, born in a Christian family and, um, yeah, that, that's just what um, you've always been, quote-unquote, then there are very few countries in the world where you will be persecuted for that. However, there are more and more countries where you are severely persecuted if you are witnessing if you're sharing the gospel if you are making disciples and often there's a very easy way to stop the persecution and that is to stop witnessing to stop making disciples but then we are also stopping obeying jesus obviously there's a there are two very thought-provoking, mind-boggling, very challenging books on this topic that if you are interested in really um, going deeper in in thinking about witnessing and persecution and the correlation of the two, they're both by a guy called Nick Ripken and the one is called The Insanity of God – and the other is called The Insanity of Obedience. And just quickly to tell you a little bit of the background of the books, um, Nick and his wife Ruth were missionaries in Africa, and eventually they ended up being missionaries to the Somali people in the Horn of Africa. And they saw incredible persecution of the Somali believers, and they realized that they are... Not equipped to make disciples in an environment like that how do you yeah how like our our western um, missionaries we're just not prepared oftentimes for situations where we have to expect the moment somebody gets baptized they're going to be killed anyways um, not only did they experience the severe persecution of Somali believers that they knew not only did they experience the devastating war in Somalia but they also experienced devastating personal loss when their son died and all of that just brought them to a point where they realized we have to learn how to survive and thrive as believers and as the church in tough places, in situations of severe persecution. So that took them on a journey around the world where they interviewed hundreds of believers who have lived, survived, and thrived in situations of severe persecution. And one of those people that Nick interviewed was somebody who had suffered very, like, terrible torture under the Russian communist government. And he said to Nick, don't you ever give up in freedom what we were not willing to give up in persecution. And that is to witness, to witness of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, of the hope that we have before, of that of his yeah invitation into his kingdom of light that will in the end stand and yeah see the kingdom of darkness go down and end so yeah on that let me get back to the passage jesus is sending us out as sheep among wolves That is what we have to be aware of when we go and witness. It's not always going to be as crazy as in places like Somalia. We're not always going to pay with our lives, but it is going to cost us. It is going to, yeah, we will suffer to some extent because we are witnesses of Jesus, just like he suffered to a great extent when he came to be a witness of of the Father. So what does Jesus say? He's sending us out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. Then he speaks to his disciples more specifically. You will be handed over in the local councils, to the lo- local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. Also see here, the local councils, that's like, you know, worldly governments, and the synagogues, that's religious institutions. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Again, see the correlation of being witnesses and being persecuted not only are situations of witnessing often causing persecution but situations of persecution can also be a amazing opportunity for witnessing the early church they were i I mean we we all have some idea that they were some people were burned alive some people were thrown before the lions They were killed in the most devastating ways. And the people looked at them and they said, how do they endure this? It's so easy to just simply say Caesar is Lord and all of this will end for them right here and right now. But they're they're not willing to say that. They're clinging to this Jesus more dearly than they cling to their own lives. And that made people so curious that in fact they were they became open to Jesus and many people who had been onlookers became Christians themselves. Many people who had been persecutors became Christians themselves. People like Saul, who became Paul, and yeah, he, who had been a a very, yeah, passionate persecutor, and then became a passionate witness for Jesus. Anyways, Jesus goes on but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. And I think that is a, an important point here. We know we are sent out as sheep among wolves. We know that if we witness in one way or another, we will experience persecution that can make us anxious, that can make us worried, that can make us think, oh my goodness, but what am I going to say? How can, I, how can I be shrewd as a snake? Oh, let me make a plan. But Jesus says, don't worry about that. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So Jesus has foretold, persecution through governments he's foretold persecution through religious institutions now he's foretelling another kind of persecution as we continue reading this passage brother will betray brother to death and a father his child children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death you will be hated by everyone because of me but the one who stands firm to the end will be be saved. So here's another dimension that persecution can take, persecution through family members. And what we have to realize in all of this is that, as we read in another passage in, in the New Testament, our battle is really not against flesh and blood. We know that we are caught up in this cosmic battle of good against evil, of darkness and light, of God and Satan. We know that God has already won. But we know that both God and Satan are using human entities, are <laughs> using humans in this war. And therefore, if a brother betrays a brother. Yes, in a way it is it is that flesh and blood dimension that is devastating that your own brother would persecute you and betray you. But we must also understand there's a a bigger war that's playing out here. And amazingly, Jesus helps us that when we are in these situations, when we are so, so hurt, by people and we want to react against those people we want to hate them we want to be angry at them we want them to be punished and we have an an anger in us against this injustice that we're experiencing against this betrayal and yet in the new testament in history and all over the world today we're seeing that Jesus is also so faithful, and in those situations, he is helping us to see that it is yeah, it is not us fighting against our brother or mother or sister or whoever it may be who is persecuting us. He is indeed, as we are identifying with him in persecution and suffering, he is also leading those who are willing, leading those who are humbly obeying, to further identification with Him, that they, that we like Him, can say, Father, forgive those who are persecuting us or hurting us because they don't know what they're doing. They're not aware of this cosmic war that they are being used in to harm the kingdom of God and to harm the children of God. So, all that to say, As Jesus is promising us persecution, he's also promising us provision in the persecution. He's promising us the provision of words, the provision of wisdom, and also of the strength to be like him if we continue to be faithful, continue to be obedient, continue to stand in him. Another fact (laughs) that we have to be aware of is that persecution is increasing as the return of Jesus is coming closer. In Mark 13, 13, Jesus says, Everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. I think especially as the Western Church, we have experienced a, a season of unprecedented favor of governments, of um, other people who might not even be Christians, but that they are kind of impressed maybe by certain morals or certain values or a certain kindness of Christians. But we have to be aware that that is going to become less and less as the return of Jesus is drawing closer and closer, as this battle between light and darkness is becoming more and more fierce. And we mustn't be surprised, mustn't be angry, we mustn't be worried if in the end everyone will hate us because of him. I've already touched on this, but... Again and again, we see in the New Testament, we saw in Christian history, and we see all around the world today that not only is witness going to increase persecution, as the more the people of God witness, the more they go out, proclaim the gospel, uh, heal the sick, the more people come into the kingdom of light, the more persecution there will be. But we also see that situations of persecution can be great situations to witness. And indeed, an increase in persecution is part of Jesus' promise that in the end, everybody will have heard of him. Let's read Luke 21, verses 10 to 19. Before all this, that is, before Jesus comes back, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. That is how God in his wisdom that goes beyond our understanding. Chooses to make himself known through not only his suffering servant Jesus, but through his suffering servants all around the world, all throughout history. He is choosing to make himself known. Sorry, now I missed. Now I lost my my spot. Here we go. So you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed, even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. Again and again, we are told to stand firm. When persecution arises, let's not put our head in the sand. Let's not stop witnessing. Let's not stop loving and obeying Jesus. Let's stand. I've already mentioned it a a lot of times in this podcast. If we follow Jesus, we are not of this world and therefore we are not like this world and that that irritates the world that irritates of course the evil one who is at this stage pretty much in charge of the world jesus said if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first if you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And that is our challenge as Christians to truly not be of this world in our big and small decisions to live in the kingdom of God to live out obedience to Jesus, to our King. And those can be big things and small things where we are tempted to compromise. And yet where where it's yeah, it's so crucial to to stand. It's not always going to cost us our lives. To follow Jesus but it will it will cost us and we will be irritating to the world we will be bothersome to the world so that they will hate us because we are not like them I'm thinking for example of my grandma who was a Christian who is a Christian And she was born and grew up in Eastern Germany, which at that time was, well, when, when she was, let me not go into all the history, but when she was a young woman, um, East Germany was under, um, socialist government and the church was very much oppressed. They didn't experience crazy persecution like in other communist countries, but, um, it was not a good place to be a Christian. But my grandma loved Jesus and obeyed him and followed him. And she was a smart girl and she was pretty much top of her class. So, um, yeah, of course, the the question for her was, what was she going to do with her life? And it would have been very easy for her to go to university and study and have um interesting career but then she would not have been able to be a member of the church she would not have been able to identify as a follower of jesus and identify with other followers of jesus and she was not willing to do that she was aware that she was not of this world that this world prizes um things like university but, yeah, not being of this world meant that she would, yeah, have to pay that price and not, not go to university. And even more than that, she then decided to, to become a, a secretary, a typist in that time. I guess that's what you would call that. And, again, she did really, really well um, in her training. And then she heard that there was a very good position that was open. And, oh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm telling the story wrong. Not a very good position. Then there were the final exams. So she had been doing well all throughout the little exams until then. But now there was the big final exam where she would now get her marks that she would be able to apply for jobs with. And she had just officially joined the church at that stage. Um, until then she had been growing up in a Christian family, but now she had made that decision by herself that she was going to identify as a Christian and with the body of Christ in Eastern Germany. And when she came to that exam, to her final exam, nobody was there. And she realized that she had been given the wrong date. And so she couldn't do her final exam And she didn't have the right papers to even apply for a job. So those are some ways in which we might suffer because we are followers of Jesus, because we are his witnesses in the world. And we see in the New Testament, in church history, and all around the world today, that as people experience those terrible kinds of suffering and persecution, and also that just the irritating, irritating, tedious, annoying, never-ending kinds of persecution, persecution and suffering, the response of followers of Jesus has not been anger, has not been resentfulness, has not been depression. But has been very similar to the response of the apostles in Acts 5, 41. After they had now been beaten and told not to go out and witness anymore, again, that correlation of persecution and witnessing, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering, disgrace, for the name that is the name of jesus they saw persecution and suffering as identification with jesus as being counted worthy to experience a little bit of the suffering that he has experienced of yeah being yeah partakers of the suffering of Jesus, and that made them rejoice. I find that extremely challenging. I, I don't know if I have that attitude. And I think it is very easy for us who at the moment maybe not experience this crazy persecution to think, oh my goodness, I, I don't know if I'm up for this. I, yeah, we we can have all kinds of responses. We can feel guilty. We can feel afraid. um, We can worry. We can, yeah, all kinds of things that are not honoring Jesus and that are not helpful. I have been encouraged so, so much by Corrie Boom and her story. For years and years, she... And her sister and her father and all her family who later became a house of refuge and a house of hiding for persecuted Jews in World War II in occupied Holland and who were discovered, who were thrown into concentration camp. At least two of the family members died. Many were just suffering horrendously horrendously under the Germans in the um, concentration camps. And yet when when I look at Coritan Boom's life, for years and years she had been building a life that would be able to face this kind of persecution. She had been faithful in the little. She had not been a lover of this world. She had been a lover of Jesus. And in the mundane, in the tedious, in the non-spectacular, She had followed Jesus and been a witness to him. And then when the persecution came, her character had been strengthened through those years of faithfulness, through her intimacy with Jesus, so that in those difficult situations, she could walk through them with Jesus. And one story that was very meaningful for her and that I think can be meaningful for us was that at some stage she became very afraid of death when she was a child and her father and she she told her father about it and she said I'm, I'm so afraid of dying and I think we we might say the same I'm afraid of dying or I'm fr- afraid of suffering I'm afraid of persecution I'm afraid that I might not um, stand firm that I might betray Jesus when the going gets really really tough and then her father took her on a train ride just before they got on the train he gave her the ticket and then on the train he gave her this little parable and he said corrie when when did i give you the ticket for the train and she said oh but father you gave it to me just before i needed it and he said yes exactly in the same way, our Father in heaven is going to give us the courage, the words, the faith, just when we need it. And yeah, I, I take great courage from that. As I said, the New Testament is full of promises of persecution, but it is also full of promises that Jesus is going to be with us as we identify with him he will also identify with us and he will give us what we need in those situations and he will use those situations for his glory i am yeah today i i just looked at at a few passages from the gospels might take you through another podcast looking a bit more at the epistles and what what is said there about suffering and persecution. But I want to just end with this um, little experience of mine. A few years ago, I was in my last year of studies. And I had just moved to a new city and didn't have many people there yet. And I was riding my bike one day. And I saw a, a poster saying there's, a, there's going to be a talk about the persecuted church. And at that stage, I had just really come back to Jesus Um, if you want to listen to my testimony you can listen to that episode Um, but I just really come back to Jesus I was saying Lord what what do you want to do with my life and here was this poster about the persecuted church so it really yeah interested me so I went fun fact (laughs) that doesn't do anything to the story but that is kind of humorous I had not really studied that poster very closely Had I done so, I would have realized that the talk was happening in an old age home. So as I turned up at that talk, I was by far, far, far the youngest person in the room. And it was a little bit embarrassing, to be honest. But it was God had an appointment with me at that talk. And the speaker was just sharing about some forms of suffering and persecution that our brothers and sisters around the world are facing at the moment. And as I drove home, this thought became very, very clear to me. How can I claim to follow the same Jesus that those people that are really severely suffering and that are being badly persecuted if I claim to follow the same Jesus as those people, how can it cost them everything but not cost me everything? And this doesn't mean that we're glorifying persecution, that we are glorifying suffering or that we choose suffering, that we want suffering, that we stupidly run into situations of persecution and suffering. We are to be shrewd as snakes but if if my following jesus does not cost me everything then then something is wrong jesus said whoever wants to gain his life will lose it but whoever wants whoever loses his life for his sake will gain their lives and yes some of us Will end up losing our lives for Jesus in a very real way as martyrs. But every one of us is called to lose our lives for Jesus. And as yeah, as I bring this podcast to a, a close, I want to challenge myself, really. I am I'm most of the time I'm doing the podcast, I'm kind of actually just preaching it myself, but I also want to challenge you. Where are you holding on to things that are not honoring to Jesus, where you have not died, where you are just living for yourself and it is actually not costing you everything to follow Jesus. That does not mean that our Christianity has to be dull and tedious and that we never laugh and smile. Quite the opposite. I think Jesus was probably one of the most joyful i I believe firmly because it is a fruit of the spirit of jesus joy and peace i believe jesus was the most joyful and peaceful man alive it doesn't mean that we have to kind of you know live these warped um, lives in which we inflict suffering upon ourselves but it means that we have to live lives in which we are dead to ourselves and We live in obedience to Jesus. We live as witnesses of Jesus, no matter what the cost, because we have died and it is he who lives in us and through us. God bless you as you do that. Bye-bye.